I didn't mention there were a bit geeky. So before I met her, I prepared exercises to do and I gave her homework and I've never seen someone. She saw that she was like, oh, I love homework. <laughs> oh my gosh, you gave me homework. I love homework. And homework came back really quickly. So there were questions and almost kind of like a chart and matrix that we work out so that I would be able to form a picture about her quite quickly. That was my, my hope. And I think that was a good kickstart. Welcome to YWLC Chats, brought to you by Young Women's Leadership Connection, the leading platform for young women leaders in Singapore. We are your co-hosts, Haylin and Nisha, and our show is about female changemakers and their personal journeys of challenges, successes, and everything in between. At the end of each episode, get actionable tips to navigate particular aspects of life from these inspiring women. In today's episode, we explore why and how young women professionals should find their network of champions. So what do we mean by the term network of champions? Well, as women, we know that we must advocate for ourselves if we want to move forward in our careers. But to succeed, we can't go at it alone. All successful leaders need a network of champions, including mentors and sponsors. Both mentors and sponsors are critical to helping aspiring women leaders gain the perspective and connections they need to take on larger roles and advance their careers. But without access to the people who can set you up for the experiences you need and support you through the inevitable challenges, your career progress is likely to stall, leading to short-term frustration and long-term consequences. So wherever you are in your career, you need a network of champions, colleagues, but also mentors and sponsors to help you shift the way you think and act. Our guests for today's episode exemplify what it means to find your network of champions to help set you up for success in both your personal and professional endeavors. We are excited to have with us today a mentor and mentee pair who were part of our YWLC mentorship program in 2020, Jail Ong and Yunita Ong. Jail is the CEO and founder of The Great Room, a flexible workspace that serves a roster of Fortune 1000 enterprises, startups, industry thought leaders, and change makers. Established in 2016, the Great Room has regional presence across seven locations in key cities in Asia-Pacific, such as Singapore, Bangkok, and Hong Kong. Jail is also a mother to four young children. Next, we have a very familiar face, or in this case, voice, to our YWLC members, Unita, who is a trained business journalist and currently an editor with LinkedIn News, covering the Asia region. Thank you for joining us today, Jail and Yunita. Today's podcast focuses on why women need a network of champions, whether they be mentors or sponsors. Jill and Yunita, we know that you were both matched as a mentor and mentee pair for the YWLC mentorship program in 2020. We will start with the hard questions first. So Yunita, why did you choose Jill to be your mentor? I picked Jail because she really fit what I was looking for. 
I have been thinking about making career switches and pivots uh, for a while now. I'm a trained journalist. I moved into working for a technology company, and I've been thinking about what's going to be next in my career. And so when I came upon JL's profile after the whole morning of searching, looking up all the mentors YWLC had to offer, I was like immediately struck because JL was a trained architect, went into banking, and then real estate. And the agility that she had over the course of her career really stuck out to me. I wanted to learn from her and understand what it meant to adopt that learning mindset and that ability to pivot throughout her career. I think another secondary reason was because I I was researching her and reading some articles and I discovered that her husband is a journalist and has a journalism background. And that really struck out to me because I being in a non-traditional journalism background, I, I really wanted to immediately feel understood. A lot of times uh, as a journalist, you go out and a lot of people say, hey, what do you do? Do you write a lot of articles? How many articles do you write a day? Or something like that. And I really wanted to connect with someone. Uh, it was a real bonus to know that I could connect with someone who immediately would understand off the bat uh, my industry as well. So I suppose if it has any advice I can give is do your research. For me, uh, what I did when I was applying was that I took a Saturday morning and just Googled like every single mentor available on the program and really just took a look at LinkedIn, looked at the most recent articles about them just to see if I thought it would be a good fit. And when I saw Jail, I knew that boom, like I had it. Wow. So Jail then with Unita going through all her research and she was very well prepared going into the mentorship program. What was your first or initial impression of her and how was your first correspondence like? Now that I'm hearing everything, I feel like I've been mentoring a spy. (laughs) She's like been researching. She knows everything about me. Anyway, when we met, I think you only get one chance to make a first impression. And she came in as someone who already knows everything about me. Very well researched, really clear about what she wants as well. But a certain openness as well. Extremely eager to learn. I would say what really binds us together. It's that desire to learn. It's that learning animal attitude. She comes across a little bit nerdy. That also binds (laughs) us. Our eyes light up when we're kind of in that same nerdy topics. I still remember the morning we met at Awfully Chocolate and it was like a long morning and we, we ate and we chatted on different things and what we wanted to get out of the program. Since that first morning at Awfully Chocolate, how has your relationship changed over the months? I think we started a program thinking that I'm the mentor and she's the mentee. Really quickly, it became clear that it goes both ways. So I think there's quite a lot of reverse mentoring going on. We learn a lot from from each other. I don't know whether she feels she's having a good deal because I feel I'm getting a really good deal. (laughs) And I think that dynamics really change. We have a dynamic that that we prod each other, we challenge each other and challenge each other's thinking. And as we build more trust, we're also able to say the difficult things, ask difficult questions and question like, is it? You think this is really the right way to go? Really? I think we're also able to be a bit more vulnerable with each other, which is when you really start adding value in in the journey. What are some of the memorable topics that you both discuss during your meetings? I think it's an interesting 
point in her life as well. So both professionally, personally, there are lots of things going on from her family dynamics. She just got engaged as well. So Ooh. there was the, the pre and the post. It was, I would say, pivotal moments that were happening. And the topics really was just work dynamics, getting the most out of the current career, what are possible career options now or later, what's the learning growth journey like, um, making decisions, or at least thinking about when I get engaged, when I start a family, how will things impact my life? What kind of decisions or framework should I think about to guide these decisions? How did you even breach such sensitive and vulnerable topics? How do you break the ice for the first time? I didn't mention there were a bit geeky. So before I met her, I prepared exercises to do and I gave her homework and I've never seen someone. She saw that she was like, oh, I love homework. <laughs> oh my gosh, you gave me homework. I love homework. And homework came back really quickly. So there were questions and almost kind of like a chart and matrix that we work out so that I would be able to form a picture about her quite quickly. That was my, my hope. And I think that was a good kickstart. I would say that always is that point in a relationship where you have to really trust and put a little bit of that vulnerability out there. There's always comes this tipping point where you just start to disclose a little bit more and tr and hope and trust that that person will take it with the right spirit, will be that supportive friend for you. And I think that was exactly what happened. I was very open with her about my life experiences and things like that. I'm so lucky that she was someone who really just took this and said, yeah, I accept you. And I think that was when things really started really blossoming. That's like really part of being human, right? Because we are not just people at work. We think about ourselves as like women professionals, but there's so much that we bring with us all the time. And it's important to acknowledge that it has been a very pivotal and a year of many, many different changes for me personally, professionally, a lot of different forks in the road. I think we started off really wanting to like meet up to chat and over time it just became like Instagram chat. Hey, what's up? Like, just want to tell you about what happened, this sort of thing. Maybe a WhatsApp call on a weekday night sometimes just to get some thoughts sorted out along with my journey. That almost like big sister advice of what I could be, what to do next. I'm quite interested in the homework that you spoke about. So what was it exactly and how did it actually help your mentor-mentorship relationship? And okay, I know that this is a lot of questions packed into one, but would you then recommend future mentor-mentee pairs to also go with such a systematic approach? I'll share with you a, a few things. One, it's kind of the framework that we use in the first meeting. And then after that, the homework. So in the first meeting, we were, there was basically a bit of a checklist, like things I want to talk about. So first one is introduction and backgrounds. I didn't know anything about her, although she knows everything about me. We talk a bit <laughs> about career history, current role, the working relationships in the team, her interests outside of work, and a bit of a vision map, like what she wants to get to. Then the second part is mentee like career and development goals, like where she wants to be, strengths and weaknesses, what are the enablers, what is she focusing on now and perhaps for the current and the future role. And then we talk about the third part, the style that she likes me to help. How 
as you wanted. Some people like feedback. Some people like, hey, shit, experiences. Or is it a sounding board? Do we brainstorm? Do I coach more aggressively? Do I share resources? And gave some examples of how people have helped in a successful way. And the fourth part, last part, is really about expectations from the relationship. How will we make this satisfying for both of us? What do we expect to learn from each other? How do we resolve concerns if it comes out? How often will we meet and things like that? Do we meet over like crepes and ice cream or are we on a diet? We talk about all these things. So this was kind of like the, f- the first one and the homework that she had to go home and, and work on was basically... So the first part is seven disappointments and hurt that has happened. I'm now looking kind of back at the homework that she wrote (laughs) and seven low points and how she got out of them. I think this two exercise allows us to kind of quite quickly get a bit of a a lifeline and, and, and walk about what's really important, what are the significant and pivotal moments in a person's life. At the same time, you're also getting a glimpse of what are the resources and the strengths that she has that has gotten her out before. Mm-hmm. So, it was a, so it was a quick way to go deep and to form a picture. Mm. It's hardly that you see people starting out with already going into the vulnerabilities and your disappointments and your hurt. And Unita, was it, what was your experience doing that homework? Oh gosh, good question. I remember that weekend just looking at the questions and being like, I'm just about to divulge this to, I mean, I basically knew everything about her, <laughs> but but just to open up, I'm joking by the way, of course I did not, but, <laughs> but I must admit I was a little hesitant, but when we were both at Awfully Chocolate, we were talking about the homework, there was just, just this like excitement, this purpose that we said, okay, let's, you know, get this framework up and going. So I just summoned myself up and said, okay, I am going to really do it sincerely, honestly, openly, trust and just go for it. I think it really helped the framework that we talked about, the the first part where we talked about the modes of, of engagement, things like that. I think that really just helped set the stage to clarify what we were both in this for. And the second part definitely was a little bit tough. I remember just like right before I sent a message on WhatsApp to you, JL, I was just taking some deep breath and saying, okay, I think I'm just about to send this. I hope that'll be great. And the beautiful, the beautiful thing is that when you do trust and you take that leap, really amazing things can happen, which is what happened next. Mm -hmm. She finished her homework that very night. Wow. A very long essay. (laughs) How do you come about with these questions to ask? I mean, these are very introspective questions. Why not something more general? Like what are your strengths and weaknesses? Like what a lot of other mentor mentees would start with. Why these questions per se? So my confession is this is actually my first time being a mentor. And the moment I was asked, it was actually a really bizarre moment because I have been mentee only up to this point. And then there was a moment of, oh my gosh, I've like like the the the, the young or genu that's now playing the mother role. I've got that moment of I'm the mentor, really? (laughs) So I think there was a real, somewhere between ignorance and a real sincerity to get good at it and to learn what what do I need to be? How do I be that good mentor? Thought back about what some formal and informal mentors did. I looked at some available framework and talked to a few people who are more experienced. I mean, there were other coaching tools that I've looked at before. So I wanted to kind of, 
have a bit of framework, but still see them as containers for other things to happen rather than to be overly rigid or overly haphazard and, and laissez-faire and see, okay, whatever happens, happens. So I think it's it's that sincerity going in and wanting to also be a good mentor. So it's my own learning journey as well. Switching gears a little more into this idea of mentorship, what it means to build a network of champions, especially for women professionals. For someone like yourself, who has always been a mentee and then now um, moving on to a mentorship role, was there anything particularly challenging for you? Or did you see that there were certain um, similarities that you could kind of bring from your experience as a mentee to your capacity now as a mentor? Whichever the role, the points of similarity, it's the journey, the the parts that are difficult decisions, the walls that we face, the the questions, the self-doubts, these are all journeys that a lot of us go through. And sometimes on hindsight, I wish someone would, would tell me like, it's okay that it's hard. Like these are hard decisions and you do it. I feel more like someone who's traveled that journey, like a big sister, than necessarily uh, a very formal mentor. And hopefully that shared experience would help her navigate it a little bit better, or at least shortcut the thinking process or the struggle. I shared this with Jill, which is that as she was navigating this transition from mentee to mentor, I myself felt like I was in a position where I stopped thinking about myself as a girl and became like more like changing my identity as a woman. I was getting engaged, thinking about things in the future. So I was also going through this transition. At the end of the day, mentorship is really about developing that relationship, especially with the program at YWLC, where you apply for the ninth month program. One may think that going in like, okay, this is going to be a like very structured thing. I definitely have thought about applying for the program a few years before I did last year and got in. So I was always a little bit intimidated, wondering, oh, what does it mean to be like a capital M mentee? Well, like I have to come with all these things and all these topics and goals and capital A aspirations. There were all these words in my head. But when I started this journey, I discovered it's about developing a relationship, a friendship. As someone who doesn't have a big sister, I think it, was, it is significant that I am saying the word big sister now because it feels like uh, she's someone who's you know gone through similar paths as I have, but also different journeys. And she can share that with me and I can share uh, my own journey and my own learnings from a very different perspective with her. Mm-hmm. For the benefit of our listeners, we can really see and sense the chemistry that the both of you have, that familial kind of relationship that, you know, transcends the usual uh, mentor-mentee relationship that tends to be sometimes quite formalistic, quite structured. When we're talking about women professionals in particular, what's the value add that a mentor can bring in terms of supporting women professionals in their development that perhaps a manager, even your boss, might not be able to to do so? I think the mentor has the benefit or unique position of being on the sidelines. So whatever happens, a mentor should not get into the boat, whether the boat's moving really fast or it's sinking. And the benefit of being on the sidelines is to be able to to see more clearly or at least help you navigate what's coming. But a mentor cannot 
ride with you never been the same boat there's a lot of difficult path struggles challenges that you need to go through with yourself this non-vested position is precious and and unique at the same time can give you the resources can cheer you on can motivate shot on the sidelines like watch out like keep going don't stop eyes on the road and it's that kind of role having gone through lots of different transitions, decisions in the last few uh, months, it was refreshing to be able to turn to this person that I trusted and said, hey, here's the state of play. I have a few other mentors at work as well. But the, the beauty of being with Jill is that she's in some ways neutral, but also really on my side and able to provide that perspective and ask me the tough questions that people who are invested in relationships with me in other ways may not want to ask because of whatever reason in our dynamics. But JL is someone who can see a little bit clearer, is really invested in me and can ask the piercing questions. Sometimes at the end, I just sit and ponder and say, wow, that was really great advice coming from the media industry. I think that it was really helpful to have that perspective from someone outside media because I found that the mentors I have also tend to be tend to be very focused on the industry. Even when we think about career advancement, it's really in light of how the industry works. It's really helpful to hear someone from outside the box and be like, oh, I should broaden my perspective. The thing about advice is that you don't actually have to follow it (laughs) you can pick and choose so i'm giving options possibilities that i generate myself or for her or with her and it's like a tray of chocolates she's going to pick the ones that she wants and it may or may not be the right one so eventually she's the one that have to take that decision and live with that journey It takes a lot to have that kind of courage to share to someone that you're probably meeting for the first time. I mean, although granted, you did your due diligence beforehand, <laughs> but you know, I'll never I, live that down. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. It really takes a lot of trust. Being in this um, mentor-mentee relationship for the past um, few months, coming to a year, what do you think is the hallmark of a good mentor-mentee relationship besides that element of trust? I think you get as much as you put in. So if you get in like trust, vulnerability, time, resources, presence when you're with each other's company, then you're going to get a lot out of it. If it's on the sidelines and peripheral for you, then it's not going to get as much. I think great relationships are two-way. As much as she thinks that I broaden horizons and different perspective, I get so much from her, whether it's tactically learning about content, like writing, like data, like media which I learned a lot from her at the same time her perspective of how she sees risk and growth and future really informed that makes me ask certain decisions again whether it's for myself or for my younger team members in my organization I feel honored that you said that and wow I'm touched that I have also brought a lot to you as well in terms of what makes a great mentor-mentee relationship Wow, sorry, I'm speechless. Maybe you should just be us. I'm joking. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna add a dimension. <laughs> Best moments are when we have resonance. Resonance is when we're on a topic and both of us in our weird nerdy self finds like, oh my gosh, you too. And and these somehow forms real nice moments and foundation for us. Unita can share a story about a serendipitous resonance moment. 
Ah, yes. We've been waiting for this moment uh, to let it all out. So so this was a discussion that we had. I remember we were at the Great Room, which is JL's company, and we were sitting in one of the... Uh, in an open space outside Raffles Hotel, um, in Raffles Hotel in the arcade. And I was just, we were chatting about my potential uh, upcoming engagement. I hadn't been engaged yet, but I knew it was coming. And I think we kind of started talking about, I don't remember how the conversation got there. Childhood but, ambition? But we started talking about our childhood ambition. And it turned out that the two of us had a very similar one, which was that we both wanted to own a car park. It was really random. It was with a lot of conviction. And I think I was sheepishly saying about, oh, all I wanted to do when I was young was to own a car park, like dirt and real estate. And she lit up and she just went like, whoa, and told me all about hers. Yeah. When she mentioned this car park thing, just as a like side note, I remember being almost unable to keep it to myself because when I was young, I told my parents that like I wanted to be, be own a car park when I grew older and everyone just laughed at me just to see hear that somebody like JL was like, yeah, a grown you know. up normal person wants that too. God. <laughs> but in case you were curious about the logic of it, it really is comes from the fact that you don't really have to do a lot of work to get a lot of money <laughs> from car parks. People People just come and park their cars. It's not really like a mall where you've got to, or, or an office building where you've got to put a lot of maintenance into it. It can literally be like a ditch or something, right? Just with like lines painted on the ground. And then people would just keep coming. And it is true. I, I know that in Hong Kong, parking spaces go for a lot of money. So now the two of you look like you have a new ambition. <laughs> Yeah, we're considering switching career paths now. <laughs> to own car parks. Yes. Yeah, I do think that it will be a very good business uh, in Singapore, especially since we are so land scars. <gasps> it's just so interesting that with this kind of uh, conversations that you get to know one another and it kind of veers off from the main track that maybe the question was asked for, but you really had such serendipitous kind of topics. So that was that's really interesting. If you have been inspired by today's episode, applications for YWLC Mentorship Program 2021 are now open and will close on 22nd May 2021. Applications are only open to members or those who apply as members by 9th May 2021. The prestigious YWLC Mentorship Program offers selected YWLC members the privilege of being mentored by some of Singapore's most accomplished women leaders. Structured over a nine-month period, it provides opportunities for high-potential young women to develop as leaders through the guidance and sharing of our mentors. For more updates, be sure to follow us on our social media pages. I do want to ask then, what do you think was the biggest piece of advice that for you, Nita, Jill has given you? And for Jill, what did you learn from you, Nita? that you can apply in your daily life? I think it was really about the power of being a generalist. I had been thinking about various options in my own career and I was excited about certain possibilities that might have been coming up. When I told JL about it, she was so encouraging and I think she really challenged me to be courageous and pursue new opportunities, new horizons. The fact, And she shared with me a book about the power of being a generalist rather than a specialist and reminding me that in my life, I'm still really young 
young in my career and there's still there's a lot of benefit from what she's called skill stacking which is basically like a combo meal at McDonald's and you have a core skill and by adding skills from what seems to be disparate other fields, other industries, you can build yourself up in such a powerful way. That was something that I still continue to think about a lot, all the time. A lot of what JL said was really right. I would really echo a lot of that. That ultimately is that level of authenticity and being willing to be yourself. Certainly some of the wacky stories that we've shared, slowly opening up and over time, being willing to share who you are in your totality. I think that what helps is also not focusing on the serious stuff, but also for everything else. Reciprocity is really important. I really did put in the effort to share about, because I work at LinkedIn, content creation that helped in the sense that it wasn't just me taking everything and me having something to give as well also felt incredibly empowering. What struck me the most about Unita was when she was telling the story of how she, I would say it's a career change, but at the same time, a sudden just grit and resourcefulness in negotiating a role and a package it was just incredible hearing her do it because it brings me back to when I was a lot younger I was doubting myself I didn't think it was possible I was a bit more worried and cautious people look at me now and think I'm this like risk-taking courageous person but I think at her age I was a little bit more conservative so to see her take long shots, brave bruises and take big leaps was extremely in- inspiring. I would say that and thank you. I mean, I would say that, yeah, I think that was one thing that really struck me, which is that when I was... Her negotiation skills are unparalleled. Again, uh, speechless <laughs> and very touched. <laughs> Navigating these big decisions, thinking about what to do. I look to Jill as someone to say, hey, how did you do it? Tell me the secret of how you managed to do all of this stuff. The surprising thing that really came back was that she had the same thoughts and issues and was going through a very similar journey as myself. So I think that when we focus in a vacuum, we tend to notice all the different facets of ourselves. And then when we look at others out there who have quote unquote made made it, we wonder, oh gosh, like we are so far away from that. But the beauty of having someone um, like a mentor, someone who's been through it all and who's willing to share honestly and about that own journey is that you really find out that we are all humans at the end of the day, we've gone through the same things, same emotions, same doubts, same worries, same fears, and also found it within ourselves to have that courage, the the grit, the fire to take that leap. And when you see that in its entirety, you realize that you're not so alone anymore. Both of you shared that you've had uh, mentors before, not just in YWLC for you, Unita. For Jill, you've also had mentors throughout your career. If you could draw a comparison between the past mentors that you've had, is there a difference between female-female mentor-mentee relationship versus male-female mentor-mentee relationship? I've never been in a formal mentorship program, which takes me to my first tip about finding a mentor. It's never ask. 
just slowly scope creep them. So I think along in my life's journey, I've had a few formal and informal, well, no, no formal ones, much more informal ones. For example, when I was in banking, there were senior bankers who I looked up to and who were willing to spend time with me. I would do the, can I walk you to your car? Can I go pick up lunch for you? Think of them like a string of pearls, like five minutes, 10 minutes, they really add up. Some of them are still really close friends and seniors today and long after, over a decade after I left banking. Never underestimate how you can informally find great advice and champions. That's a big one. In terms of difference between male and female mentors, I would say the distinction is not so much male and female, but what do you want from someone at each stage of your life? And chances are you're going to get different things from different people. Sometimes you want to borrow their lens of the world because they make good decisions or they have certain calmness and demeanor that it's very infectious. Other times you could be looking for a mentor that takes you through the journey of learning how to be a leader or better public speaker, or it could be an industry senior and mentor that is sharing his journey of arriving at certain points or opening his Rolodex to give you critical connections in the industry. So I think it's all different. I mean, you can be a bit promiscuous. You don't have to feel like there's loyalty to one great mentor and that will be it. You will grow and you will have different needs and so will your mentor. I've certainly had both male and female mentors and I wouldn't necessarily think of it as like a, should I go for this or that? kind of way. More so, it's really what you want to get out of each relationship. For me and JL, I think we've been able to connect about a little bit more about issues like being a woman in the workplace. We've been able to connect because we are both women. We are able to talk about these issues in a way that perhaps a male mentor might not have that full perspective on. It's basically about what you want to get out from each relationship and basically the right fit. A male mentor might also have really great perspectives on other parts. Have you ever had relationships between mentor and mentee that it didn't work out? There was just no rapport, no synergy. You couldn't really find a common ground, common topic, and how would you navigate that? I think if you're in a formal mentorship program and you are stuck with each other, so to speak, then what helps is to either party can drive the process a bit. Then you take a more structured process approach to get the most out of it. If someone it's in a formal mentorship program, they have something to contribute. They have the willingness and the ability to give you something. So if the chemistry is not right, then you lean back into a framework or tools and you almost need to be very disciplined going into meetings to say, okay, I am working on these three decisions, these three challenges, and I'm going to ask my questions this way a bit more rote, I think, because you still want to get something out of it. And this could be driven by either. So if the mentor is not doing it, then you as a mentee have the responsibility to make the most out of both your time. And if it's an informal relationship, then I mean, think of it like dating, right? If the drink doesn't go well, then there's no need to do dinner. You can try another coffee again. Mm. If it still doesn't go well, then what? No, no. Swipe. Swipe <laughs> the other way, as they say. This is my first formal mentorship program with a certain level of a structure. Just because someone is out there and they're doing great things, not everybody has to be your mentor. And it's perfectly okay that if 
uh, they don't work out, life is long. So perhaps there will be another point in life where the two of you may find that this dynamic will work, but it is perfectly okay to let go and also be judicious about the relationships uh, that you are uh, investing time in building up because the last thing you want also is to have a bunch, a lot of strings to tie. And it's sometimes helpful to invest and be all in for the relationships that you want to be. In our case, I really want it to be all in, hence the really like <laughs> homework, let's do it. Because I really want to give my hundred percent. Even during um, the interview for the mentorship program, they did ask about competing responsibilities. I remember saying that I'm someone who's, if I've committed to something, I'm going all in. Being strategic about your time and energy allows you to be fully present. This connects a few dots for me because I was a little reluctant initially, not for anything, but because of time commitments. I have four young kids and the business is growing. So I was like, I like to do something properly. So I would do it, but, and I had a list of criteria criterias for the mentees. I don't know whether all mentors do that, but I said, I want A, B, C, D, E. And now hearing you need to say all that, I'm like, okay, that's why they matched us. What was your criteria? <laughs> um, I said, I want someone that is all in, that is a learning animal and that's very coachable and actually really wants to grow and not in an incremental way, but in a, in a big way. Mm. I said, my, my time is very precious because it's going to be time that I spend my business on my kids. But I really love to mentor someone like that. And it, it must be a great use of my time. It must create impact. Um, JL, I just wanted to go back a little to something that you shared earlier, being proactive in looking for a mentor for a young professional just entering the workforce, fresh out of school, fresh out of college and navigating the intricacies of the workplace. What advice would you give to them in terms of finding someone in their organization or company to possibly be a mentor? Firstly, it's always be looking. So always be looking for someone who could be a mentor, guardian, helpful person or somebody who just signals you. Second thing is you have to remember that at the heart of it, people who've gone through a journey, they really want to help. You have to believe and remember that they really want to help you or anyone who's worth their time. Worth their time, it's a keyword. It's very important. So your job, apart from always being on the lookout, is to do two things. Prepare a good, interesting, like one minute elevator pitch about yourself, not about your role, mm -hmm. something broader. Don't say I'm a marketing assistant, but say I create something for something larger and also one line about what you're trying to learn or grow into so people can buy into you as a brand and buy into your cause. So first thing is to prepare a one minute elevator pitch. Second thing is to prepare a can of questions and ask it very candidly. Okay, so you have a few questions that you can always ask people and they're doing two things, right? You're judging if they give good answers. So are they going to be kind of good coaches and good mentors? The second thing is you're building rapport. People love to be asked questions. So have it. It's, it's so easy because your role isn't to know all the answers. You just need to know lots of questions and you, you keep on doing that. And over time, there'll be some people that have that chemistry with you. They will gravitate to you, you to them, or you would build rapport. And all these things, it's kind of your early dating games of who would stay and who would go. And some people become your very light touch 10% mentors. And if one or two of them become somebody more invested in your growth, then well done. 
we hear these terms like mentors, sponsors being thrown up quite a fair bit. JL, from your perspective, if you could help us kind of unpack what's the difference between a mentor versus a sponsor? I take it quite surface value, actually. I don't really overthink it, but a mentor, like I say, it's someone that's not in the same boat, on the sidelines, it's a coach. They would dispense advice and you choose what you want to take and what you want to leave at the right time. A sponsor, usually it's someone that it's in your either organization or community, someone that's invested in your growth and leading you to a clear outcome, whether or not it's what, it's what you want, you're assuming that you want it. So it's much more organization as a senior person that it's advocating for you, that's championing you to grow into a certain path and trajectory in the organization. In your opinion, you know, do you feel that need to wait a little bit to get that experience and exposure before, you know, progressing or moving from a mentor to a sponsor? I think you always want both, but there's no need to get too caught up about it because sometimes fate may bring you together and sometimes there simply isn't someone that you feel like that in the organization. But you almost want it when you're in school. Remember that you would have a tutor that is a little bit more, have an affinity to you, would champion you, would volunteer you for things. So one can always have a, a sponsor in whichever organization they are in, whether it's a nonprofit, it's school, it's career, it's organization, it's in your community. I think that's always helpful. For mentors, maybe just think of it as your own personal board of advisors and mentors in different scale. No need to feel too much loyalty, but to have people that you go to if you need a mirror or if you need a sounding board or you, you need to kick some ideas around. Mm-hmm. Do you see yourself taking on the role of being a sponsor? You have been a mentee previously and if you had experience having sponsors or looking for sponsors do you see yourself moving along that continuum formerly i always had a, a sponsor so i've obviously had corporate experience in global banks and those are when it's a little bit more formalized where you have a sponsor that drags you into different task force committees and giving you a bit more exposure with senior management so that's always helpful in my organizations, like in a startup or like an early growth stage company, I think sometimes things are a little bit more informal. That doesn't mean that you don't want to have, you always still want to have that. In my organization, I'm still less a sponsor because of my CEO role. I'm probably wanting to develop a bit more on the coaching skills side. I would coach a few people in my organization. Was there any instance where something that Unita was proposing or something that she said that you didn't really agree with or you were very skeptical about? And how do you navigate that? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> moments when I'm like, like we talk about resonance, there are moments that we really uh, converge. At the same time, there'll be things that I'm like, don't, do it but I think what's important is I am not her and she's not me and just because I think that it, it's I should not impose I try to as much as I can self-talk and have a bit of a filter that my role is really not to tell her what is right it's to help her discover what is right for her not for me for her so whenever I have that temptation to give an answer, I'm like, okay, do one of two things. Either ask questions and see and help her uncover what's her natural inclination. Or I do what I call shared experience. I would share some 
some version of something similar that I've encountered and how I thought about it and what I did. And then on hindsight, would I have done the same thing? Mm-hmm. It's very tempting to give the answer. And I think the mentor should never say, this is the way to do it because our lens and our constraints and resources and possibilities are very different. Now I'm curious. <laughs> Thinking back to all our conversations. You overthink everything. (laughs) I think the best kind of advice comes when you start by listening and seeking to understand and giving something very considered, very tailored, something pretty measured rather than maybe giving some kind of opinion based on your own lived experience or just because like I went through this thing this way. Therefore, you should also do that. I definitely agree that there were times when I turned to her for advice and I did get an answer that I didn't quite expect. For example, I wouldn't say I necessarily disagreed with them, but perhaps it was like, oh, okay, that's completely new and I haven't thought about it. And maybe it provokes a certain level of discomfort. Maybe she's challenging me to do something that is a bit harder, but maybe it's better than what could, could be a wiser choice than what I'm thinking about for myself is also about just taking that home like sitting on it writing it down sitting on it on a few days and having a think because sometimes I think that the best advice can be the hardest to take can I talk a little bit about discomfort I think you you feel like we're both quite comfortable with each other there's a certain amount of chemistry but at the same time it's important to acknowledge that it's okay to have some discomfort if you are growing and you're being challenged then it's going to get a bit uncomfortable as well. And that tension, you want that nice, sweet tension between a comfortable trust, but a certain amount of discomfort because you're being pushed either to do something that you're not sure yet or being pushed to think Mm. broader or, or, or differently. And this is, again, both ways, right? This is not just for the mentee. It's also for the mentor. So the discomfort that I, I had was to resist this amazing temptation to jump in with my expert advice because there is no expert advice. It is trying to guide her through a process that she may discover hopefully a better answer than either of us could have achieved. Maybe switching the lens a little bit. So for Jill, what uh, would be your top advice for mentees? And for Unita, what's your top advice for mentors? Something that you would expect in this relationship that you're looking for and vice versa. I don't know if I would call it my top advice. We often like to talk about ourselves. And I think that coming in with a wealth of experience, there might be that amazing temptation to really focus on your advice or focus the conversation on your perspective. But I think that it helps to often ask a lot of questions and be a really great listener. I think I had that with JL. So I think one of the questions that we always talk about topics is always, as a woman, how do you juggle at all? How are you going to balance like work and kids and family and all the obligations that you have from friends and society? So quite early on, I, I, I learned that there is no balance. It's a fallacy and seeking that balance almost kind of sets you on a path that you can never succeed. So think of yourself as a juggler and there are balls that you're juggling in the air. There are glass balls and there are rubber balls. So you need to recognize what are your glass balls 
It could be health and different times of life. There are different things. It could be if you're pregnant, it could be it could be holding that pregnancy and that changes again. And if a glass ball drops, it's going to get broken. It's going to get nicked. It's irreversible. If a rubber ball drops, it will make a loud sound. You won't like it, but that it's going to bounce back. Maybe in months, maybe in years. So always go in choosing which are glass and rubber balls because if you don't choose it, it will just happen to you. So think of that way. And as you go through the seasons of life, that may change and you would you would go in with that consciousness and active management. That's really powerful advice. All our listeners would really, really value that. Thanks so much, Diel. And Unita as well. I think we really appreciated your candor and such an honest sharing. We really had fun with you for this episode. So thanks again to the both of you for your time and for being so open and honest with us. Thank you for having Weird and Wonderful Us. We had so much fun. I know. This was great. Thank you so much. Thank you once again to Jail and Unita for their valuable insights and candid sharing of their experiences as a mentor and mentee respectively. Here are our three takeaways from today's episode. Firstly, it's a two-way relationship. Both parties must be in it 100% to get the most out of it. Secondly, be authentic. Be willing to learn from each other. And thirdly, be prepared. You can prepare a one-minute elevated pitch for mentees about yourself. Something about you that is bigger than what you are, something larger and something that you are trying to learn or grow into. Also, prepare questions and ask your mentors candidly. In this way, you will be able to build rapport, chemistry and synergy. All the best to all of you. Finally, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn and Instagram for the latest updates and sneak peeks of future episodes of YWLC Chats.